0: Hello, hello, hello! It is me. It is me. Your true phenom SP3 back once again with the legendary Dutch man. Tell how are you doing today, Dutch? Oh,
1: I'm 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 doing well, and I'm ready to talk about the things we got to talk about. So, uh, as we've had a, a couple of days rest, yes. And uh can you see the cigar? You know what that is? What it's is that? The, Tenn- the Tennessee Volunteers smoking the cigar after oh. defeating the vaunted Crimson Tide from Alabama for the first time in, I think, 17 years. And did so, you see a picture of, of the field, you know, after, after the game? They no. said estimated 50,000 people on the field.
0: 50,000 people, wow. And well, they're not well, supposed to do that.
1: But well, Dutch, maybe. let's
0: let's let's get you into like the the, the the 21st century. Now new kids nowadays for what you're trying to say, they would uh-huh. say you're smoking on that Alabama
1: pack. Well, I don't even know how to start I think Bear Bryant is an old legend. Bear Bryant smoked a cigar. Yeah. And these kids today, they don't even know who
0: Bear Bryant is. But they but that's you know, not, those... that when you when you defeat someone, that's what they say, especially if you have a cigar, you're smoking on that Alabama pack.
1: Oh, that's what they say. Yeah. So they're keeping it going. Yes. Well, good. Good for them. Good for that's them whoever,
0: keep... whoever, like, like if my if my team, the Lakers, beat a, a, the the Portland Trailblazers, I always uh-huh. say I'm smoking on that Portland pack.
1: Oh, I see. There you go. Well, I'm glad you to catch me up, but I still don't know what you mean. But anyway, <laughs> it it was a good it was a good point. Sid. well taken. All right, let's get to talking. <laughs> what, let's what, talk, what you, about what you to talk about wrestling about.
0: Uh, let's talk about CM Punk. Uh, you know, uh, firstly, I want to say you know we we didn't weren't able to review AEW Rampage this past week, but a lot of the stuff from AEW has to do with outside of what's going on. And now, two yep. almost two months later from the all-out brawl out situation with CM Punk, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, I and like ATO. that
1: all-out brawl out. Yes, I a- like it. you make that up
0: no 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 that's that's everybody's calling it that the brawl Uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter reports that CM Punk may be out his way on his way out of AEW because the company is looking to buy out the remainder of his contract this all stems from that fight and it was noted that AEW is still talking with Punk about a return but it's currently doubtful that that will happen and the talks of a buyout suggest that AEW isn't looking to bring him back the sticking point in the negotiations though Dutch is a non-compete clause currently which we'll get into a little bit more but just first off with CM Punk and AEW in contract buyout talks when we were, you know, you were still doing this show on Sports Sportskeeda a year ago when Punk first came back. That was the first time you ever reviewed a really an AEW show, one of the first ones you watched. Did you think that this would happen so quickly for someone that you have, you know, been backstage with before?
1: So, so quickly, it's been a year. A lot of things can happen in a year. But did I predict or did I not predict that CM Punk was going to possibly end up suing AEW over the all-out, brawl-out incident. I said that, correct? You can back me up on that. And I think now they're talking to him to keep him from suing them. Because let's look at it. Here's CM Punk. He's been in the wrestling business. And he's a little bit, he's a wrestler, so he's a little bit got that little shady side to him anyway to begin with. He's, he's looking for the edge. He's looking for the slope. And now he's, he sees Tony that over there. Billion dollars. He's worth over a billion dollars. His dad's worth $8 billion or whatever. And he's thinking, well, just buying out my contract may not be enough. I think he's still, it's going to end up in a lawsuit. I still believe that. They can talk all they want. but And he can say, well, they came in there and then, he could claim this and this. And that's what AEW doesn't want. They don't want to take it down to a lawsuit. Now it puts all their business out on the street. And you, you mentioned Meltzer and those guys. See, they're pissed off right now because they don't know really what's going on. And I don't think uh, Tony Khan wants them to know. <clears throat> but for somebody like Meltzer, oh, I know everything. and Nothing gets by me. That's why he's pissed off. It makes them look bad. Because he can't get the the scoop on really what's going on, so uh your question was, did I expect it to go this way? I expected maybe not this way, but i I expected it to go south uh, I, I would say within eighteen months, and it even beat my prediction uh, it went south in a year so and now I also hear that punk is talking to. WWE, did you hear that?
0: no no that what that's why i left off from from that point are the report from wrestling observer newsletter like i said the sticking point in the negotiations between aew and cm punk in regards to a possible Mm -hmm. contract buyout is a non-compete clause which would prevent wwe from scooping him up right away if they wanted him or he wanted to go back of course with punk currently injured he wouldn't be able to wrestle again until long after any non-compete was over no one in wwe had has had any contact with CM Punk, but he is close friends with... he is he is close friends with uh, Adam Pearce and Paul Heyman. This is all according to the report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter and what anyone would be talking about as far as Punk and WWE. Also, uh, should know PW uh, Torch Wade Keller talked about it as well, and he said that the people that he's talked to from WWE, influential people, would be a hard no uh, in regards to CM Punk coming to the company. Uh, from the report from Wrestling Observer Newsletter, though, finishing up that one, it's believed that most. AEW talent turned on Punk in recent weeks due to the TV promo on Hangman Page, what he said at the media scrum, and uh, basically the subsequent brawl, and Sean Ross sapa Feifel, as that there were some in AEW who thought the company might try to buy out CM Punk's contract <laughs> immediately after the brawl, but it's unknown if there were plans that far back. But, going back to the WWE part of this uh, story, do you, do you think that there's a chance we could see CM Punk back in WWE within the next year?
1: I don't think so. I really don't because he's, he's, shown, his, he's shown his colors that <clears throat> he is independent and I mean no company can have a, an employee or a vendor around that their number one goal is, is themselves but most wrestlers that is their goal is to protect their spot protect their place in the in the lineup. But I think punk, punk supersedes that. He's all for Punk, and he don't care about anybody else. So I think if they did do it, they would be inviting a future problem. And because I'd love for them to take him, after I said, they're not going to take him. But they are inviting a future problem. Then I could come on here and say, hey, didn't I tell you several months ago they were inviting a future problem? Now, look at them. And I don't think Triple H gets along that well with Punk. That's what I've heard because, I mean, you know, Punk Punk has made a a lot of enemies along the way.
0: You worked with the company back in 2014 when CM Punk walked out on the company. And I I think it's not crazy to say if there's anyone in the wrestling business that might have a worse relationship with Triple H than they do with Vince McMahon It might Mm -hmm. just be CM Punk because from everything that he said himself on the podcast following his departure from WWE, it was his disagreements and his not seeing eye to eye with Triple H more than Vince that led to him leaving.
1: Yeah, well, that mere fact right there is going to, he's going to stop CM Punk from setting foot back in WWE. And at this point, they don't need him at all. I mean, if this had been, say, three months ago, Yeah, they may have been able to, they needed everything three months ago. But now they've kind of filled those gaps in. And I don't think there's any need for CM Punk. I don't think. But I don't think we're seeing there. And I think he will end up still, it will boil down to, the longer these talks go on with Punk, uh, the the greater the, the, the lawsuit on his side. And I think they'll end up paying him a bunch of money just to get rid of him.
0: So do you think that's going to be kind of the end of the CM Punk AEW story? Is with the contract buyout? If that's the case, what do you think about this this year run for CM Punk in AEW? You know, there it's kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, it's like there was good in there. You know, his prom, his uh, whole program with mjf really delivered some of the best wrestling television of the year and Mm -hmm. that i've seen in recent memory some of the best promo exchanges that we've seen he put on a great promo exchange that you got to see on rampage with eddie kingston last year that was Mm -hmm. uh, filled with realism great short program with him you know the run-up to winning the world championship against hangman page but it seems like the kind of the the slide started with getting injured immediately after the uh the winning the world championship and it's kind of been the bad repeatedly after that. The injury, well, then <clears throat> the promo on page and then the rant at the media scrum and then the brawl.
1: Well, he just blasted everybody. And he blasted Tony uh, Khan when he was sitting two feet away from him. And, and Tony never tried to defend himself or tell, uh, tell Punk he didn't need to be saying that or whatever. But he made... Uh, Tony Khan looked like a jerk when he was sitting right beside him. So I don't see any hope for CM Punk uh, going back other than to get his money. And he's still, I mean, he's not gone yet. They're going to have to settle on his contract. And it's very interesting to how that's going to end up. But I think the only one who knows is Punk and his attorney. That's the only one who knows. So, you know, another thing I thought about the other day, you know, these guys like Melcher and all those guys, they try to get the leaks. Funny, there's nothing leaked out about Vince McMahon.
0: Well, it's there was. Very, it was linked out to the Wall Street Journal, though.
1: Yeah, I understand that. But since that time, where is Vince? What What are they doing, or, if anything? And I think that's another thing that Melcher's mad at WWE because now <laughs> – He can't get the inside scoop because I think they've slammed the door on that. I think uh, Triple H and. uh,
0: Well, Triple H is not Triple H and them are not a part of the investigation, though.
1: I understand that, but they're not leaking anything. No, no, no. The board of directors.
0: No, they hear. No, I'm saying the board. What what I'm saying, the board of directors deserve praise for that. Not Triple H and Stephanie and them because they're not a part of the investigation. The board of directors have been good to not let anything leak out, so they deserve praise.
1: And remember my statement, who leaked it in the first place? Had to be Nick Khan, I would think.
0: I think it's but Stephanie.
1: Do you really know you
0: don't. I do.
1: Why well, why do why would you think that?
0: Because around the time that we got this information about Vince McMahon was around the time she had, she took the leave of absence from the company. And when Mm -hmm. she took the leave of absence, that's when all these reports were coming out that she was hard to work with, that she, she wasn't right for the position, all that stuff. Then the Vince stuff comes out, then it gets more serious. The, the money comes out, the wall street journal report comes out and then of all people. Seventy Man's back a month later, and she's the the CEO. It kind of worked out in her. It was like she took the leave of absence to to get the information out, and then came back to clean everything up.
1: Well, you may have a point. I don't think she leaked it out, but I don't think she hampered it either. And then again, and I hate to say this, I don't think they're they're smart. What about if Vince kind of eased her in there in his spot anyway? He helped her in.
0: Well, Vince I, has been who, grooming who now, her for that position for a while.
1: Well, well, she's in it now, and the company has has made a, a almost a hundred percent turnaround since since Triple H took over. I, if anybody doubted him, you can't doubt him anymore. And yeah, they're still going to have. It's almost like a new company starting. They're going to have some some birthing pains along the way, but I think they're getting over them and. I look for big things from them
0: yes indeed uh to finish up with the whole cm punk aw situation we should also note that a steel was uh released from the from the company as well and it kind of takes into point what dave Meltzer said on wrestling observer radio this week he says that the investigation into the backstage fight is believed to be wrapping up Meltzer explained it's so unlike most organizations in the sense that when you've got the big star cm punk and i know a lot of the locker room is very negative to him but when you've got your big drawing card and something like that happens you try to salvage it save it i know a lot of people are disappointed i'm not saying that the decision is wrong considering how much they put into the decision and you know that again you're not getting rid of your big drawing card unless it's way way over the bounds so basically what melter's saying is a lot of people are saying what seems to be the outcome of this whole investigation is Tony Khan is leaning more to the elite side over CM Punk. Do you think that's the right decision if you're in Tony Khan's position?
1: Well, I can't answer for Tony Khan, but I think he's going to go back to the guys he knows the best, the elite, uh, the the Bucs, and he's going to try to salvage what's all messed up. I think they would be flying high right now had not this incident happened. Yeah. I think because it was, you can't, it's almost like you can't mess that up. But somehow, <laughs> AEW found a way to, and the Bucks. okay, when the Bucks went in there, what would you say? They went in there to confront him, fight him, or what?
0: I think they went in to address the issue immediately right after a situation where it was clear that CM Punk was in no mental capacity to have a conversation like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the greatest uh, ace that he has. If he does decide to sue is part of the management came into his uh, dressing room aggressively and in his viewpoint, they came in there to attack him. And they can, of course, they're going to deny it all day long. But if this goes to any kind of a trial, that's going to be a big sticking point. So I don't I don't see him coming back. I think Tony Khan's going to end up paying a bunch of money, sign the NDA, and let's go. And then you can talk to, and if they want him to uh, not work for 90 days, I think he wouldn't mind that. But I think he did. He's just keeping it there. Just just for the hell up. Just to mess with him. I, I, mean, I think I mean, I the non could be longer. It, the
0: huh?
1: it could be, be
0: longer.
1: Other than 90 days. Yeah, it could be. So anyway, interesting story. And if I don't know, if Melcher don't tell me what's going on, I don't know what. <laughs> Either, I think I just don't shoot myself. It's,
0: it's either Meltzer or Sean up, Uh, Because uh, the final note on the CM Punk story is that Fifel spoke with WWE sources who wouldn't comment in official capacity, but gave background with some insight, saying that they didn't think that Visic Man would have brought uh, CM Punk in, especially after Brawl and noted that Fox had actually pushed for CM Punk to sign with WWE before he signed with AEW. However, the line of thinking that was Presented to FIFO under the Triple H regime is that the right situation, right money and right creative can open the door uh, for anything within reason. One said Triple H wants to be a success and make compelling programming more than anything. CM Punk back in WWE is compelling programming, but I can't see it being a full-time deal like he what he has in AEW because of exactly what happened in AEW. That's even if he has interest, if he gets a buyout, he may not need to work again.
1: Yeah, that's true. I agree with everything you say. So. That's a hell of a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent, excellent, right there. See, we got we got Dutch Mantel agreeing with what Sean Russ at report But let's get into our next topic here, which is about. Uh, another AEW topic which seems to be a new one we we don't spend too much time on AEW topics on Smack Talk but when we do stuff like this we got a few to talk about and one that you actually talked about on social media a big uproar happened on social media last week when Athena had a match with Jody Threat on AEW Dark that somewhat went a little bit not what they were expecting and not what AEW management was expecting. Uh, fightful also reported on this one reporting that, uh, AEW management basically pulled Athena and Jody threat aside, uh, following their match on AEW dark in Toronto and, uh, asked them if everything went all right. Apparently, uh, jody kind of missed a spot or forgot a spot during the matchup and there was uh she slipped on her comeback and jody threat was a little lost and had asked athena what was next in the match to get back on track and then the match devolved into more physicality several were quick to note that while they're confident jody threat has no problem handling that physicality and that it shouldn't have happened uh they did note that it shouldn't have happened anyway and the communication should have been clearer those close to athena Uh, indicated that each woman were approached by management after the match to make sure everything was okay. One source familiar with the situation believed that there should have been an opportunity to lead by example as opposed to letting it dissolve. Uh, Those close to Athena believed that this was the way the match was going to go because of her having to switch to the heel role due to Jody's babyface reaction in Canada. So I know you had a response on Twitter about this whole situation after seeing the clip.
1: Well, let the people I, know how I, you feel. I know I, I watched the match back, and then there was a spot in there where just it, it looked like Athena just turned, like she got pissed off. Then she just started beating that Jody thread up. I mean, and it looked way beyond trying to work with. Her. It looked like she was laying it in, which is what you want. I mean, but. You can almost tell when somebody is kind of teed off. That drop kick outside was—I mean, she could have hurt her, and she and she dropped her outside. And that, now they say that's Athena's Deal dropping them off. But if, if I was a girl, imagine that—if I was a female—and she wanted to drop me over that top rope, I said, "Hey, I can't do that because those girls like five five, so they're dropping basically." Over uh, close to eight feet, and when and you got time to pick up speed, speed in eight feet, that is just an opportunity for a knee to be blown completely out. Because now, call me misogynistic or not, but I don't think girls, females as a whole, are as coordinated as guys. You agree or not? Are you going to shy away from that? I can tell right now you're saying, "Uh "Oh, don't say that," but but it's true. They're not I've, as well-coordinated. I've,
0: I've, I've seen females as well-coordinated, even better yeah. than, than men.
1: But I said as a whole. And she kind of landed a little awkwardly and when she dropped her. And I've seen her drop other – other, and I'm sure she talks to the talent that she's going to drop. Are you okay with it? But me, I would say, nah, I'm not really okay with that. Maybe you just push me off a little bit. Maybe I do that. But just, just – put me in a suplex and drop me off. Ah oh, man, that's, that's asking for it too, because that's a, that's a, not an unnatural move, but it is a move that's hard to control yeah. because if she puts you over too, too far, now you are going, you're landing this way, you're landing back and you're just asking for somebody to get, to get hurt. Now, when she, when she threw out of the ring and then walked around and, and I understand she turned heel because of the crowd, but still she's got to think of her, her, her base in the, I guess in the United States, she's, she had to turn heel in Montreal, but I don't think you let one town dictate your whole character because you're going to bring that same character back across the border. So you want to be like, but I don't, I don't think it hurt her at all. But when she, Threw her outside and then lined her up for that drop kick. That drop kick was had a little power behind it, and she went flying in. So if if anybody says to you, wrestling's fake, show them that tape right there, because it's as real as it could possibly get. I mean, in looking at it. So, and I'll give them credit for that because you know you know the purpose is to make it look is realism. And that match had realism stamped on that part where she started, took her down, and and she kicked her, and she stumbled, and then she started laying those elbows in on her. Yeah, I I appreciate that. But I think both of them are, I I would talk to Athena, and I think they could do something with that girl. I mean, wasn't she in the NXT camp for a while?
0: She was the NXT Women's Champ at the beginning of 2018.
1: Yeah, but she didn't have
0: the long. She had one of the shortest runs, actually. But uh, she's definitely very talented, and definitely someone that I would like to see get more. And I and I honestly feel that. Uh, I've seen her on the independent scene where she was being a heel following her release from WWE. I think that's what they should do in AEW is have her go heel. I think that she has more potential and she shows this a little bit more of her charisma in the heel role that she does as a babyface. So, I mean... I know you said, and and I don't, I don't believe that it messes up your kind of your main character by going heel in a match if the your opponent is getting babyface reaction. That would be like saying the Rock was never as over after WrestleMania 18, where he had to play the heel against Hogan. Well, anyway,
1: that's the way I feel about it. I mean, I think you let the crowd dictate a little too much to her, but but didn't AEW know that that girl was a big babyface in Canada? Uh, did they uh, to that extent? I mean, she got a big reception. Jody Threat did. So AEW yeah. AEW management didn't know that. We know it uh, now. Well, no,
0: I mean, she's from she's from Canada, and they she's use a lot it. of local local talent for like AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. But I don't think they expected kind of that big uh, reaction for her because she's kind of one of the kind of one of the more popular independent stars out there in Toronto.
1: Okay, well, they'll know next time because it's like anything else, you know, everybody's learning on the go here, especially yeah. a- AEW. How old is that company? Three years old?
0: Yes, three years old. Well,
1: they're they're still growing. Yeah. You know, I, I went on social media and I said something about AEW. Oh, my God. It's like I said, well, I want to take your mama out and beat her with a belt or something because i literally, you know, the AEW fans stands I guess I don't know oh they got they got so pissed at me and they started doing all this stuff and writing me and you old bastard and you know but this is this is what I, I I say these people that got upset they don't even follow me so how did they know I said that so somebody had to tell them I must get him and they went after me
0: Oh, no. And they vanity search. They probably search AEW and yours has all the likes because you're following and they just decided to comment on it. Well,
1: I, I mean, they had a point, but AEW has fans like WWE has fans, like TNA had fans. They used to fight, you yeah. know, online all the time. And actually, it was a, but yeah. they, they got kind of serious with it and they kind of hurt me feelings, too, calling me the old, washed up.
0: Hey, okay,
1: I got it, but they didn't have to tell me. <laughs>
0: they don't have to tell me that. So no. Those
1: bastards. So, but hey, that's the way it should be. If you're going to believe in something, and they came and they defended it well, I'll say that. So, and I wrote back to a few of them. I blocked most of them. I call it Block Mountain. I said, "Take a hike, go to Block Mountain, enjoy the view," and they're gone. There
0: you go. That works perfect and you can look back
1: if somebody was zero zero followers that's a bot so mm-hmm. how do you get zero followers they just been i guess they were just put up like yesterday or something it's crazy. It just, anyway. it's just a, a burner
0: account or something like that uh but yeah a
1: burner account is something that you it's just a fake name and you, you can just say what you want to and if they block your it doesn't matter
0: because it's a burn. You don't you
1: don't you don't care. Okay, let's let's talk about this. Elon Musk is gonna take over Twitter. How's okay. that gonna change things?
0: Good.
1: Oh, it will change it big time. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Continue. What are we doing now?
0: Let's let's get away from AEW before you get more AEW fans or on he says freakazoids in the comments getting mad at you. Let's talk about WWE. Wait,
1: what are they saying? Huh? Those little what are those little bastards just saying? What did they say? What did they Don't say?
0: Tell them you're looking at them right there, right there about I, the comment.
1: I can't see it. You you <laughs> You're the one that has the comments. I don't have the comments.
0: No, that. no one's commenting. I'm literally saying this for someone oh, who's okay. going to comment on the video. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I thought you said they're already commenting. Hey, hi, wait a minute. I should thought. We're taping this. How could they comment? We're the only ones saying it. See, that's what happens when you get, <laughs> when you get hit on the head a couple hundred thousand times. You lose track of where you are. <laughs>
0: let's talk about WWE now. Oh, okay, let's uh, go. One of your old charges, someone That threw. was a much
1: that was a much too big of a laugh, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry When
0: you said What comment Put it up You have comment that, that, that lost me But yes Let's Let's get off of AEW Let's talk about WWE now Because one of your Old charges Someone that you're Very close in the business to John Brashaw Layfield, JBL Has made his return To WWE And not In a familiar role We've seen him As a wrestler We've seen him Drinking beer Backstage With the AEW APA we've seen him be the WWE champion we've seen him be a commentator but he's taking a role very familiar to you now and he is a manager for Baron Corbin it's like putting Dutch's favorite drink next to his worst meal (laughs) (laughs) so how do you feel about JBL managing Baron Corbin
1: I think they picked the perfect spot John Bradshaw. Let him go out there and run that mouth. Because if you were just, I, I've been in places with him when he got to talking and, he, <clears throat> and he'd be talking loud. And he wouldn't be talking wrestling. He'd be talking something else. And people would get irritated with him just by him talking about something they didn't really care about. But he's such a know-it-all. And it's this way and this way and blah, blah, blah. And he was making jokes. Put him behind that mic for Corbin. I think that is the perfect spot for him. And I think him and Corbin as a unit will have massive heat on them. Because I love to, you ever make trips with him? He's, he's entertaining. And he doesn't say the same thing twice. And he's funny. And if he wants to, he can really piss you off. And then you you won't even know he's trying to trying to tee you off because he's playing with you. And I've seen him with other guys in the car, and he'd be driving. I'd be in the passenger side, and two guys in the back seat or one guy, and he just picked that guy out to just zero in on. Him. And for like 200 miles, it was nothing but you know zip, zip, zip. And guy getting mad, and JBL threatening to pull the car over and beat the crap out of him because he was playing. And the guys were getting mad, but, you know, they didn't want to pull the car over and pop the guy. And I've had some guys, I think one guy, I can't remember who it was, actually got out about halfway there and rode with some other guys.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, and he, he got his bag. He said, I need something in my bag. And then he went and got his bag, and he took off with the other guys. To keep from riding the last, say, 100 miles or 70 miles, uh, with, with Bradshaw. But I, I think Corbin and Bradshaw will have massive heat because they will pick up and because Bradshaw is great on interviews. Yeah. Great on, and he, he projects that, oh, I'm better than you and I'm this, that, the other. Because I call him, he's walking heat is what he is. He can walk into a room and get heat just looking at him. And you don't even have to know him. So if you were sitting in a bar, let's just, for example, and all of a sudden, Branshaw walks in and stands there and just looks around the room. Well, he's going to get your attention, you're thinking. Yeah. You know, most people come in a room and walk up to the bar and, or know somebody, but if he just walked in there and stood there and just looked around like this, like he's surveying the crowd, about half that crowd in there would say, what the hell is he looking for? And he'd get their attention right off. Then if he started talking then, yeah, he'd have everybody's attention. I'm really looking forward to this pairing because I got a hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent faith that Bradshaw will deliver big time.
0: And what do you what do you think the ceiling is for them as a as a unit? Do you think that this could be the thing that kind of pushes uh Baron Corbin up to kind of a made event spot for good?
1: Well, it can't hurt him. Now, I don't know if he could go up for good, <clears throat> They stumped, and, and there is something missing with Corbin. I like the story when he went broke, and he was, <laughs> he was destitute on the street. And <laughs> <laughs> but now, Bradshaw's is going to come along, and he's going to correct all that stuff and tell him what he should have done. So if you started with a clean slate, and they may have a plan. I'm, I'm sure they have a plan for it now where they want it to go. But that plan will, will move, the line will move on where they want to take it the more they watch it. Triple H is very, uh, he, he's very good at you know, seizing an opportunity. And one thing about wrestling, you have to know your audience. And I think JBL knows that audience. I think Triple H knows the audience. And I, I think JBL, when he walks into an arena, comedians use this term, that You know, you check the temperature of the room and see what they're buying. Because they might not buy this, but they will buy that. So while he starts talking, he's feeling all this. And it's coming to him. And I think it might be one of the most entertaining parts of WWE television coming up. We shall see. We
0: shall see. Two weeks in, Corbin has wins over. I want to
1: see him get on Michael Cole. That's what I want to
0: say. Well, he's he's on to be on Raw, so he's not going to be able to.
1: Oh, Michael! Well, he he could they could swing him to SmackDown. Well, could, no, the he, whole
0: the whole thing why he uh, he came to Monday Night Raw with Baron Corbin was that it was a trade with Rey Mysterio for Baron Corbin. So maybe not in the immediate future, well, but maybe yeah, down but, the line we get that.
1: And he'll but he'll he'll be shooting stuff at him anyway. Cause he sure. used to get he used to get on that Michael Cole in the back, uh, and Cole would get mad, leave the table, and then some. Sometimes it would actually transfer to the to the commentating booth because you could tell the Cole was still a little pissed off. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's very good.
0: Yes, I think we're all uh, looking forward to what's going to be in store for JBL and Baron Corbin as appearing, but something else some people might be looking forward to is wwe crown jewel got some big matches we've talked a lot about roman reigns versus logan paul for the undisputed wwe universal championship but a new match was added on smackdown this past week we weren't able to talk about it so i want to hear and i think that you have everyone to tell us that this is going to be an historic match for the year 2022 When it's the Nigerian giant versus the monster of all monsters. Yes, I'm talking about Omos versus Braun Strowman. Dutch.
1: Well, I don't usually watch pay-per-views. But this match would possibly be one of the reasons I would watch Crown Jewel. Because it has the potential to possibly be the worst match in wrestling history. It could be, it could, because I don't have faith in either one of theirs of, of them ability to carry another human being ten minutes, and I don't know who's gonna carry who, but it it, it has the red flags already said doot 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 it has caution all over it. Proceed with caution because, you know, I've seen some bad matches and, and I've seen actually decent matches when I thought they were going to be bad. Now, I think they will take every precaution to keep this match out of, out of the toilet, to keep it moving along. And, but how long has almost actually been working?
0: Uh, well, he's been on the main roster. His first match was WrestleMania 37 last year, April 2021. I think he's been training in the Performance Center for a few years now.
1: Well, he's also seven. How tall is he? Seven, three,
0: seven foot four, I believe.
1: And, you know, guys that big, he has to have talent work around him. Yeah. And I don't know if Ross he's not used to that. He's used to talent working around him. Now, he's, he's placed in another row, and it's on a pay-per-view. Now, I'm sure they've gotten these guys in the ring, and I think they've cut off some some sharp edges. and this. But then, who knows what will happen when they get in the ring of Saudi Arabia at the crown jewel. And remember, I hope it's not. And I don't think it's the worst match in history. I've I've seen a lot worse matches than make it even what's,
0: possibly. What's the worst match you've ever seen, Dutch?
1: I can't remember what the girl's name was, but it was Booker Booker T's wife, and that other girl. What is What was her name?
0: Wait, I have to look it up. I have to look it up because I know exactly what you're saying. Because it's funny enough, funny enough. Funny enough, uh, you're, you're, I know you always love love talking about Meltzer, but uh, Wrestling Observer made this match famous because it's the infamous match that got a negative five stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're talking about Char- uh, Charmel versus Jenna Morasca from Victory That's it. Road 2009. That's it. Look it up, ladies it, and gentlemen. It is it, one of the worst was, matches
1: ever. It was the worst match I've ever seen. And
0: you were working there then.
1: Yeah, I was watching it. I was sitting there like this. I said, I hope nobody notices me up here. Oh, God. And, I, and people look at me and I go, uh, I didn't have nothing to do with it. I didn't have nothing to do with it. But and I don't know. Uh, when they booked the match, I said, guys, I don't know about that, really. I said, I don't think uh, we're going to do it. It can't be that bad. The hell it can't. It was worse than bad. So look it up. It was at a a pay per view. They had all kind of pay per views anyway. Jenny her Jenna Marasca, Yes. Versus and what was uh, Booker T's wife's name? Charmel. Charmel. Yes. Look uh, it up, folks. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere.
0: It, really, and, it is on YouTube. That literally when you Google that, if you if you put it in your Google. It says live, worst match ever. Yeah, and people, people, immediately, there's, there's like, quotes <laughs> of it being horrible. And Jenna Morasca was a reality star. She was on Survivor the Amazon in 2000. Uh, it, it, it
1: was horrible. Anyway, it's actually so horrible, it's actually good. That's how bad it is. <laughs> so if you watch it, you know they'll watch it but, like, two minutes to know that they didn't know what was going on. And Charmelle busted her butt. But you can't take chicken salad, uh, chicken doo-doo, and make chicken salad out of it. You see how I changed that last word? Very just, nice. Just, just Very for you, Sid. Just for funny. you. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for Rick.
0: For the no. U2 algorithms. That's what you did it for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Dutch, the other match from uh, Crown Jewel that I did want to touch on. Uh, we got Brock Lesnar going one-on-one with Bobby Lashley. This is going to be their second meeting after Bobby Lashley defeated Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship. That, of course, was thanks to Roman Reigns. So we didn't get a clean finish the first time probably this time we are who do you think comes out the victor between Brock and Lashley at Grand jewel you
1: well know, that's a pretty interesting match too and you got to put yourselves in the in in the uh, space of a of a WWE creative member a triple H and kind of trying to figure out his thinking on it how much longer is Brock's uh contract good for. I'm isn't not, this, good one sure. of his, not isn't sure. this one of his last appearances? Um I really since he got a since he got a raise like three months ago when he he walked out of that building. When he walked out he got an extra million not onto I, I, it. I, I think he still
0: has twenty twenty three for sure.
1: Okay. It's gonna be an interesting match. So they have met before And who won that one? It was a DQ. Lashley. Lashley. Due to Roman
0: Roman getting involved. This was during the Roman and Brock feud in the beginning of the year.
1: Well, I think this is a brand new angle for them. So they're going to try to kickstart this thing. I think uh, Brock goes over. Now, Lashley's a babyface, right? Or no? He's a babyface? Yeah,
0: Lashley's a babyface. And so is
1: Brock. Yeah, but I don't think it matters with those guys. Yeah. They they don't really change styles anyway. They just beat each other up. But I do think, in Saudi Arabia, I think that host stadium will be enthralled by this match. Two big guys, and if you just look at them in a ring, it is a spectacle. Brock, he's all hooked up. Bobby too. I think uh, Bart goes over in this one. I think, and then they start something, and maybe it could lead all the way to all the way to WrestleMania. Because you know they start these angles six months in advance, yeah, and try to try to peak it off at WrestleMania. But I think Bart goes over. With some kind of unique, different finish, whatever that could be, and I think they start something from there. But they do have. This is what I call an angle that has legs. The legs. You remember that sneaking across the border? You know, I used to do the interviews like that. Vince loved that. So an agent would say, "Go out there and say this and this." And that. he said, "Oh yeah, don't forget to say." He came sneaking across the border. They said, "Vince," he said, "He said I don't care what else you say. Just make sure you get the sneaking across the border." And said he he loves that. So sometimes when you entertain Vince, you got a job. I mean, that's not true now, but it was an entertaining little little line I would do. So, but uh, Crown Jewel looks like a a a very good lineup. A great I, I guess for $50 million, it could be a good lineup, don't you think?
0: It should be. Definitely well,
1: should. And just think that we're paying that too because we're paying $5 a gallon for gasoline. And they're taking that money, sending it to Take- WWE. See that?
0: Taking it away. Uh, one final thing to touch on here, Dutch. Uh, you had Halloween Havoc over the weekend in the main event. Braun Breaker retained the NXT Championship, defeating Ilya Dragonoff and JD McDonough in a triple threat match. Of course, Braun Breaker is the son of the dog face gremlin Rick Steiner, as well as the nephew of Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. But before they were big papa pump and the dogface gremlin, the Steiners were. One of the best tag teams in wrestling history, and you got to work with them it and experience what it was like for them at the height of their careers. How was it working with Rick and Scott Steiner?
1: Well, it was a it was a balancing act. See, this is like anything else. If they liked you, you're okay. If they didn't like you, you're not okay. Because they would just go out there and they would just not necessarily take liberties with you but they would just kind of lay on you i mean hard so they used to you know they used to do that clothesline on the shoulders and i told them, guys i can't take that they said oh yeah you're going but they're ribbing me you're gonna take it i'm gonna rip you into no i got on (laughs) i got on scott's shoulders and rick got up there and i said you son of a bitch (laughs) I said, "If you hurt me," and he started laughing then, and he came off, and it was an easy one, you know.
0: But I just thought, "Well, that time,
1: you just killed me up here." So I remember one time
0: because it, it wasn't <laughs> like the, it wasn't even like the doomsday device. They did like a bulldog, the bulldog oh, at the top.
1: Oh, thank so you. So
0: you had your they, back to him.
1: <laughs> well, no, this was the front one. So I was watching him. And my eyes are saying, "You son of a bitch!" And he, he, and his eyes are doing it too. Like, "I'm gonna get you." <laughs> it's funny now, but it wasn't funny then. Now, if you got along with them again, you're fine. But if you didn't, if they didn't, they didn't care. You know, and they they did they did really hit some guys really, really hard. I remember Rip Rogers came back one night to the to the to the go booth. You know, the go position. And he was complaining about something. And Rick Steiner came in. there. I mean, Scott Steiner came in there. And Rip got said, you know, I don't want to do it. And I, I don't know what that got over Scott. Scott turned him around. I think he was talking about Scott or something. And he open hand slapped him right in front of everybody. And I looked at Rip and the slap was oh loud. And I'm standing there. I looked at Rip's face. It looked like Chernobyl. So, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and then it was over. And it's funny. Some of those things like that happen, and then it just goes away. It's like it evaporates. So, but yeah, uh, Scott and uh, and Rick, great guys. You know, I mean, Rick has a more of a sense of humor. Then Scott did Scott was the one that had that hair trigger temp uh, temper. No, so, but I think one thing about Scott, he liked me because I was, he started in Memphis. Like everybody else should have started really, but, and I didn't treat him badly. See, I didn't treat young guys badly. I didn't talk down to them and, you know, and I used to see Booker scream and holler at him, And, you know, Dundee would be cussing them out or something. I said, Bill, they don't mess up because they want to. They mess up because they don't know. And by you screaming at them, it really doesn't help them learn. It just makes them scared. Now if they mess up again, now you're going to come back and you're going to do another cussing fit at them. He, I said, help them. And that's what I did with Scott. I, I tried to help him, and he never forgot it. So, and, and, he, and he, he, and he liked my humor too. And I'd make him laugh, so that's what i always try to do with these real big guys it's kind of humor <laughs> so they like me so they didn't want to go out there and if they if they really hurt me i, I want them to feel bad because i never got hurt with those guys because they liked me but it's like anything if they liked you you're okay same way with sid sid vicious if he liked him you're fine if he didn't like it whoop. and i don't think undertaker was ever that way but you know a lot of guys were that way one of the worst one was Van Bader. Van Bader, if, if he liked you, you're all right. But if he didn't, hmm, it, 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 it was rough. So, but you run across that, but you have to know if you're just starting in this business, you have to know how to get along with people. And you can't be too pushy and you can't try to tell them what to do, especially when you don't even know what you're going to do. So when you're green, you just got to sit back and let the veterans, you know, kind of direct you and be appreciative for any young talent out there. Be appreciative when a, a veteran talent tries to help you and say thank you and be polite. That's not, not too much to ask, I don't think.
0: Not at all. Not at all. In full agreeance there, Dutch, thank you for letting me know how it was working with the Steiner brothers. Those are some funny stories. Like this.
1: For rip. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're going to read off the sheet of paper on the wall. The signers. Oh, God. (laughs) Then the next thing you see me is, oh, Scott, here's Coke. You want some coffee? (laughs) You need anything? (laughs)
0: I'll take care of it all. (laughs) Let the people know where they can find you on social media.
1: Well, I got my C cap on. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's not Cincinnati or Cleveland. It's Clemson. Clemson are 8-0 and right now. And I don't think they'll make it to the national title game. But I do think they might end up in that top four and they might get chosen, which it's, which would be a, a, a good, great honor for them. I don't think they'll win it. But uh, you can find me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's, at gmail.com and my website has made a massive improvement. It was on, it's been on, it's been in hospice for the last year or so. (laughs) It was close to death, but I revived it and I think that that will be ready in about maybe a week, two weeks. You could actually go there now, but you're not going to, it's still under construction and that's dirtydutchfantail2ls.com so you can go and I'm gonna make that like a actually I put all my stories up there and and if you'd like to read you know it's a good place to go. Plus my merchandise is on there, but that's where you can find me on uh, Twitter, Dirty D Don't come on there defending AEW because I want them to do as best they can. Everything I say about AEW is not a knock. It's actually constructive criticism which people take wrong. And uh, on uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Dirty Dustman 1. So you can find me in all those places. And stop arguing with me. Damn. I'm just making a damn point.
0: I'm going to make I'm gonna make Dutch watch dynamite so he has more criticisms of AEW for each and every one of you. It, <laughs> that's what you need. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. We'll be back with Rick, hopefully, fingers crossed, thankfully, maybe, Uh, This coming Friday to review SmackDown and Rampage. So join us live following both shows on Friday night, 11.05 p.m. Eastern time for Dutch Mantel. I'm SP3 and this has been Smack Talk.